Welcome to another Chinchilla Squeaks, my semi-regular spontaneous uh, video and audio interviews with tech luminaires, tech leaders, people in interesting technologies. My guest tonight for me is Robert Schumacher of NetData. How are you doing, Robert? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Where are you joining us from or joining me from? I am joining from the technological hotbed of Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Horse <laughs> <laughs> country. I don't really know where that is. Um, I'm not sure. Even when I was, I was in Denver a couple of years ago and I had, I didn't really know where I was. It was, it was kind of disconcerting. Well, we're, we're semi on the, the East Coast, kind of the Midwest or whatever, kind of nestled right there in the middle. Okay. 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 Cool. Good. So, net data. Um, as far as I could tell from the website, it is one of the, the many products and companies at the moment in this kind of observability space that's increasingly popular. It's, it's almost becoming um, like the kind of joke of JavaScript frameworks a few years ago. There seemed to be a new observability option almost every couple of months. But I'm pretty sure net data has been around yeah. for a little while, haven't you, I think? I feel like I've seen the name for some time. Yeah, I mean, formally things started about seven years ago when the founder okay. of our company um, open sourced uh, what he had been working on. And, and like a lot of software, uh, its evolution came about from his own needs. He couldn't mm-hmm. find the the types of monitoring capabilities that were required for his particular enterprise at the time and decided to build his own. So, yeah, it was about seven years ago. Um and it's a it's GPL three O in terms of open source, but mm-hmm. uh, that's when things kind of kicked off. Okay. And so those, I mean, those initial um, scratches, shall we say, that the creator wanted to itch. It sounds really bad when I put it that way. But um, <laughs> what um, was there anything specific that they were trying to do, or was it just a sort of general observability monitoring kind of kind of need? Yeah. So you're right in saying uh, a minute or so ago about our industry being very crowded. There's a lot of entries, a lot of people, a lot of vendors and what have you. You know, the wild thing is that um, one of the analyst groups I like to listen to is four or five point group. Uh, I like their reports. And late last year, they put out a research note that said 89 percent of all enterprises right now are unhappy with their monitoring solution. I mean, think about that. It's like almost 90% of, of companies feel like what they have right now just isn't doing the job. And a lot of times they have multiple people in there, mm-hmm. multiple solutions, including roll your own, they're do it yourself or types of things. Um, so there's a lot of reasons, I guess, for that. But if you're asking, if the question is basically what caused our founder to go ahead and start building out his his own monitoring solution. I think uh, one of the key things had to do with the granularity of information collected and reported. So if you look at a lot of monitoring solutions that are out there, the window that you can look at in terms of the collection, sometimes it's upwards of five minutes. Um, and, And this can become very, very problematic because in very complicated IT um, stacks, 
the problems can come in and go and you're unable to act, you know, actually capture them. If you don't have very fine granular reporting mechanisms, you'll, you'll be getting spikes. It'll be driving you crazy. You can't find them. And one of the uh, distinguishing characteristics of, of the net data monitoring solutions is we have set per second granular collection and monitoring, which is, is fairly unique in the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, seven years ago, was were any of the other kind of still major options around like uh, Prometheus and Grafana and I guess some of the, the more commercial ones like um, uh, Datadog and mm-hmm. all the others that because it's late and I'm having a complete blank on what they are, but <laughs> some of them have been around for some time. Yeah. Were, they, were they around as well? And what... What were they not doing, I suppose? To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So some were, some weren't. But, you know, if we were to kind of generalize things. So on, on the one hand, you've got some of the vendors that you mentioned that are proprietary in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they tend to be fairly costly when you're going to roll them out on an enterprise scale. In, in a lot of the organizations, you're going to have, obviously, many different servers, lots of different pieces to their IT stack or whatever. And depending on how things are priced, you know, the, the, the check that you have to write for those can be fairly substantial. Mm-hmm. So you've got that on the one hand. And on the other hand, you have some of the open source solutions, which were fairly rudimentary and today tend to still be fairly rudimentary in terms of, Okay, we'll give you the framework that you need to be able to to do some of the monitoring, but now you have to craft almost everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. You have to write your own queries using our proprietary language to be able to populate dashboards, uh, th- which we don't give you. You have to to kind of create your own. So on the one hand, yeah. you had yeah. things that are gifted to you, but there's a there's a decent price tag that comes along with it. On the other hand, you have open source solutions that. Uh, maybe fairly bare bones you with a lot of elbow grease you can get things going yeah they're free but but you're going to spend time to save that money and so this is kind of where net data sits in somewhat the middle here in that first uh, one of the promises net data makes to every user is that all the monitoring functionality that you have or, or will have is free yeah so mm-hmm. we're committed to providing Every piece of monitoring capability that, that comes with our solutions, whether it's in the open source agent, there's two pieces to our solution. There's the open source agent that people install on the various servers that they want to monitor. And then we have a cloud solution while not being open source, uh, it, it's still free. So no matter how you're using that data, you're, you're not having to write a paycheck for it. And, we, and here we, we want to make sure that we're giving everyone that comes to us very sophisticated monitoring capabilities um, that are affordable to everyone. Again, you can't be free, right? Um, so that's that's step one. Uh, step two, though, is to n- ensure that we're getting people off the off the ground, running, you know, out of the blocks and and everything else very quickly. Whether you are um, very learned in the monitoring and troubleshooting space, or you're fairly brand new. And at least according to our surveys that we run with the folks that, that utilize our, our technology, uh, it's about an even split. So you've got 50% power users, 50% not. And so it's very important then when you have either a power user or uh, a novice user, oftentimes they're, they're having a problem and they're looking for help right now. 
And so they don't have that time to spend to be able to do all that setup, all that crafting and whatever. And so the wonderful thing about that data is you can download it. Uh, there's a single line installation line to install it. And you will immediately be up and running with the statistics It auto discovers all the components of your IT stack. Uh, it's pre-configured with smart dashboards uh, that uh, the monitoring experts here at NetData have either used in the past in their own environments or, or uh, you know, have built based on user specifications. And we've also set up a predefined set of alerts and that, that operate in a very proactive sense so that people can immediately begin discovering those needles in a haystack. In fact, our, one of our marketing team members forwarded me today, um, a user who did exactly what I was talking about. Uh, things weren't running just quite as they'd hoped, downloaded net data, and they, they, they posted a picture of it mm-hmm. and said, it's amazing how this thing has been up for under a minute. And it's already pointed out to me three, five things that are going wrong in my infrastructure that I need to, to, mm-hmm. um, to work on. And so, but again, it's just a, just a couple of the things that, that I think net data provides people that, that maybe the competition and or other open source projects aren't doing right now. Okay. And just, di- just digging into the open source project a bit, cause that's tent- like where I tend to like to start looking at things. I can see, for example, that the repository is tagged with, um, Prometheus graphite, um, but is um, is it leaning on any kind of other libraries or frameworks, or was it all mostly from scratch? Um, yeah, a lot from scratch. So okay. it's written in C, and yeah. obviously there's going to be various open source libraries and other things that we'll make use of. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. but our our future is not dependent on any other open source provider from a monitoring okay. perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Which, yeah. and that has been controversial in this community the past month or so. So yes. <laughs> uh, okay, yep. cool. Yeah. I was just wondering, um, and even is even the, like the time series part, is that custom or is that leveraging something pre-existing it's it's a combination of both yeah um okay. so okay. yeah and i mean there's certain things that that you take for example some of our one of our features is anomaly detection being able to mm. really find again those small needles in a haystack so there's going to be some things that we might reuse from the industry but yep. our engineers yep. that are, are doing machine learning artificial intelligence whatever they're they're building out their uh, their projects and um, their models all on our own, and that is all of NetData's. Okay, and this is this is quite fascinating, large infographic, um, sort of about three quarters down the readme of the of the, the the GitHub repository, where there's a lot of logos in one place, and I'm not 100 percent sure what it's showing me. So you've got things like RabbitMQ, Mongo, Puppet, Maria. Oh, yeah, SQL, yeah. Like, is that sources of information sure. or is that um, like sources of monitoring? Is it that kind of thing or? Yeah, correct. So those okay. are examples of an IT stack that may exist in, in a particular infrastructure. Right. Okay. And so, again, one of the beauties of NetData is you don't have to find, you don't yeah. have to have intimate knowledge of your IT stack to be able to monitor it effectively okay. because the auto discovery capabilities built into the solution is going to do that for you, categorize those things smartly for you so that you can very easily navigate uh, between 
components uh, of your IT stack. So, for example, you mentioned MySQL. Um, that yeah. was a, a company that I was formerly head of product for for five years. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that, that NetData auto-discovers uh, the various demons and things that are running behind the scenes, configures various charts very smartly based on the material and data that your MySQL troubleshooters, your DevOps teams care the most about and pre-configure some of the alarms that mm-hmm. will help you get started when it comes to MySQL troubleshooting if you happen to be a novice. Yep. I was actually just quite fascinated because you've got like, – there's obviously a lot of very common ones, and I actually mostly mentioned the common ones just so you knew what I was talking about more than anything else yeah. because <laughs> you don't necessarily know every image I'm referring to. But there's some quite um, – some quite obscure ones here as well. I was quite fascinated to see IPFS. I, I spent some time working in the Ethereum space, and this is kind of this Ethereum-based uh, file storage, and found that quite a fascinating one to see there. And some of the operating yeah. system support is, is also very extensive. Um, yeah, we, we try uh, to drive this. Yeah, yeah. We try to drive these based on on user feedback. Yeah, uh, right. and so yeah. you you will find uh, you know some of the the usual and customary names on there. But um, sometimes the folks that might use this for a particular industry, they might have a little bit more obscure needs, and mm-hmm. and it, that doesn't mean we'll jump on it immediately. But if we see a, con- a consistent pattern, if we're asking questions in the forums and we see people upvote these things constantly, uh, then we begin to take notice and begin to to move those things into our roadmap. And I mean, without getting too much into the weeds, but how does this uh, discovery work? Is it um, like you just looking for, is it a pre-configured list of things you're looking for? Is it looking for kind of network connections or um, yeah, I mean, common ports or something like that? Or yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you, you've got it. And so okay. with, with each one of those pieces of software that you mentioned, our engineers do the homework to understand how they are routinely installed, configured, and when running, what are the operating system mm-hmm. signs that they are open and available? Mm-hmm. And so those are then used by the net data agent in its auto discovery to, to locate those things. And again, we're, we're working with users to make sure that we're looking for the right things because what yep. we call, yep. these are called collectors. Yep. And exactly. so they're developed in conjunction with the open source community, not just internal with our engineers only. So we're making sure that we're looking for the right things and the most current uh, things that, that signify uh, a particular piece of the stack is present and, and running. And so we're, we're speaking kind of in the week, week, I think it is only the week after KubeCon, um, where a lot of this observability and metrics and monitoring ecosystem is kind of coming into its own. But with NetData being about seven years old, I'm getting the impression from the repository for various reasons that the originator was something of a a Linux kind of person. So you (laughs) kind of get that move into Kubernetes relatively for free in some respects. (laughs) But um, was any of that kind of transition uh, difficult for NetData at all into the kind of container um, container-based, Kubernetes-based space, or was its 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 kind of history made it a relatively easy transition? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there for for new features such as the the most recently announced Kubernetes support. There's there's going to be um, some freshness that are involved mm-hmm. in terms of implementing that particular piece of the stack into the uh, into the software, but at the same time. We're 
we're following our high-level map toward uh, making IT infrastructure monitoring easy for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And and when I say that, when you're looking at a monitor, it doesn't matter which mon- what kind of monitor you're looking at. So it can be a database monitor, which are the ones I've been most associated with throughout yep. my career, yep. operating system, something that does Kubernetes. What does the end user really need? Okay. Um, first off, they're, they're not so much interested in in con- getting up every morning and looking at screens and staying in front of those screens. This is not Netflix. This is not something that people typically want to do, you know, constantly. They may have <laughs> the job to do it, but that's not necessarily what they do. Instead, what they want to be able to do is ensure a couple things. They want to ensure the uptime of their infrastructure and that it is running performantly, that it's performing well. And so to do that, if you've got a monitor and it does what it does well, it's going to be able to answer four questions for you. And again, this, this applies to the recently um, announced Kubernetes support. So when, when I'm uh, using a monitor to troubleshoot, I have four questions I want to ask. Do I have a problem? Mm-hmm. Where is the problem? Who or what is causing the problem? What do I do about the problem? Mm-hmm. Okay. If I can expeditiously move through those four questions, and ensure again that uh, issues are solved in a proactive sense so that my IT infrastructure uh, stays up and has consistent levels of performance. I'm meeting my service level agreements. Then I've done my job well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the very last thing that you want, and this, this does apply to, to uh, something like Kubernetes. You've got containers. You've got pods. What you really got are black boxes in a lot of cases. Yeah. And... I don't know about you, but when I was in the field, I did this for about 10 years before moving to software. I hate black boxes <laughs> because I'm responsible for those yep. things that I just mentioned. I need to know what's going on underneath the covers and being able to find that thing out or find find uh, you know the intricate details of what's moving and grooving and everything else in, in those things, regardless of whether it's in a container or just a database yep. or, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the path that we follow when it comes to providing the level of details that people need to do their job. Okay. Yeah. And so then when it comes to the, the cloud offering, what are you adding on top at the, at the moment to the open source project? Yeah. So there's a number of things. So, um, the agent is typically where people begin because they're, you know, this is what's going to be installed on every piece of hardware and or server. That's going to actually do that discovery that we're talking about, uh, the, the collection of the needed information at a very granular sense. And one thing I also didn't mention that's very, very important is that collection has to be done with minimal overhead because mm-hmm. the very last thing you need is to add any additional burden to already mostly overburdened servers and, and what have you. So you, you, you want to make sure that you're very streamlined in what you're doing from that sense. Um, and then with the agent, you're going to get a, a basic dashboard of that particular machine that you're monitoring. So I, I install our agent on machine A. I have a nice visual dashboard where I can look at the statistics and everything of machine A and uh, I have at my disposal some of the things that we've been talking about. All right. But what if I have... 10 machines, 100 Uh machines, 1,000 machines, something like that. And I want to be able to collectively monitor and troubleshoot all of those at the same time in one place. This is where the cloud offering comes into play. All right. And so you're able then with uh, NetData Cloud to be able to 
stream the information from the various servers that you're monitoring into a collectivized interface that's in the cloud that's obviously browser-based that you can then organize at your your leisure and and get things set up properly so that you can, at a glance, be able to answer those four questions I talked about, not just for a single machine, but to understand when you sit down, all right, where do I need to spend my time? Which, which parts of my infrastructure and stack are under duress and where are they and be able to very quickly navigate to those types of things. So that's the first thing that's in the cloud. Second thing that you're going to find are increasing levels of sophistication. And um, by that, I mean parts of observability that, that you were talking about earlier um, that become somewhat difficult to, to handle, especially when it comes to question three, uh, who or what is causing the problem? Because oftentimes that's an interrelated conclusion that you've got to come up with. And so you're going to have things, we call them metric correlations, being able to, in the cloud, be able to, to um, smartly be able to look at not one, but upwards of thousands of statistics, correlate them and see which affect one another, and then be able to see this bundle, if you will, of uh, particular issues that may be causing a spike or threaten your uptime, threaten your performance or something like that. Uh, and, and being able to, de- again, do some of that anomaly detection correlation that, um, that you couldn't otherwise do. And uh, so that's, again, just another example of what you find in the cloud. But but in general, to answer your question, you're going to be able to monitor uh, the agent monitors a machine. The cloud monitors your infrastructure. Yeah, you're going to be able to perform the core things you need to do with the agent when it comes to monitoring troubleshooting. But you're going to have increased levels of sophistication when it comes to the the cloud solution. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And is that is how old is the is the cloud in terms of? Um, yeah. Product. A little over a year. Okay. A um, little over a year. Uh, so the first cut was done actually before my time. Uh, I've been with the company just since uh, probably late November of last year. So it came out a little bit before I, I joined. Uh, and we're continually making improvements. Um, and uh, there's going to be some really interesting things on the horizon that are going to be coming in 2020 that, that's going to, um, I think, increase the cloud's capabilities and reach when it comes to your, what I call the average user. And I don't mean to, yep. to, to, um, sound unkind, but no, no, a I lot of people, yep. yep. yeah, a lot of people yep. today, if you look at some of the, the stack overflow, for example, surveys and what have you, you're seeing people who are in the seat doing their job that have five years or less of experience. Yeah. Yep. And these are the people that that don't necessarily understand complicated charts and algorithms and correlations and everything else. They need a little bit different handholding, and that's some of the things that we're focused on for uh, yep. you know for twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, so, just out of interest, this is something that always interests me with companies that have taken some time between the open source project and like the commercial project. Um, what? How was how how? How was net data keeping the lights on in, the, in those sort of four or five years, I guess? Yeah, it the same way we're keeping the lights exactly. on right now because yeah. we're, we're still not charging for anything. Okay. Um, commercialization of the software is not a primary goal at the moment. We have received plenty of funding okay. uh, for the small company that we are. Uh, we're very prudent 
in our spend. And this allows us to focus on providing functionality that will increase the reach, ubiquity of the software. And then um, we've not been shy. It's on our website or whatever that, that one day we will commercialize, but we will do so and still keep all of the monitoring functionality free. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we plan to differentiate with per, uh, perhaps advanced security, um, more visual and automated administration capabilities for handling, again, those hundreds of thousands of servers that are running behind the scenes and things like that. So it's going to be a lot of ease of use, ease of management, uh, extra layers of security to protect um, your demographic as well as your monitoring data, even though we do that pretty well today. So those are at least the plans at present in terms of commercialization. But again, it's not our primary focus uh, at the moment. Okay. And so there's been lots of announcements, actually kind of a lot in a lot in May, <laughs> um, with yeah, the Kubernetes support you mentioned was just announced this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then quite a few different versions and updates to 1.3030. And then um, I also just noticed the latest blog post is also talking about, I don't know if this is something recent or just something you're enhancing, that you also have um, eBPF support, which seems to be the latest buzzword in, in, yep. every, in, in all of observability right now. Is that something that was new or was that something you've always had? Well, not always had, but had for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh- the emphasis on it is increasing. So it's new in that sense. Yeah, exactly. And I will tell you that even we were surprised at the popularity of (laughs) the support because when we announced it, we saw spikes across the board um, for, you know, the, the coverage, more coverage on that is actually rolling out the door here very, very shortly as it pertains to disc monitoring and, and what have you. But um, that is, a, a, again, even to us, a surprisingly popular aspect of, of the MetData solution. Yeah. And there's also a, a headline in this release about machine learning powered collectors. Oh, this is for cloud. Yeah, I was just about to ask, is this cloud or open? So it would have to be cloud. So I was kind of interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is that, um, it's anomaly detection largely, I guess, or, yeah. It is. It is. And so we're historically NetData has done a really good job at the first two questions that I that I mentioned earlier. Do I have a problem and where is the problem? So being able to understand immediately if something requires my attention and and it's it's general location in terms of server servers that it has to to deal with. But then answering that third question can get quite tricky. And, And this is where. The machine learning models that are very talented engineering staff uh, are, are developing comes into play with anomaly detection. And, you know, today we have some very sophisticated charts, very uh, colorful charts that will show you these things. And we're now beginning to look at and see how we can begin to up level some of this and put this in more just general uh, verbiage and speak to be able to, again, address that person that, you know, they're looking at this chart. Yeah. OK, that's great. What does this mean to me? Uh, and so that's some of the some of the the things that we're working on internally to again up level it and be able to answer that that question three for people really really well. And so some of this stuff will be coming later in the year. Um, you know, we put out what we can't sometimes call experimental releases where it'll have new features and functionality, especially as it relates to machine learning, what have you. Have the community kick the tires, give us their feedback. We will go back and retrofit based on the feedback, and then eventually we'll we'll have uh, production level features that'll 
that'll finally poke their head out. Okay. So May has seemingly been quite a busy month of, of announcements. I'm sure you didn't make them all in May, but, um, you know. Um, so in the next few months, six months, say, towards mm-hmm. the end of the year, what's, what's on the roadmap that you can talk about? Yeah. So there's, there's three basic quadrants, if you will, pillars uh, of the roadmap. Um, the first just has to do with, again, very gracefully onboarding people to the cloud product. Because sometimes, again, if you have hundreds or thousands of servers or whatever, being able to easily install agents across all of those in a visual or administrative fashion, um, getting people signed up, ready to go very, very quickly can can be challenging. And, and today, you know, we, we do it in a, in a fine expeditious sense, but there's, there's, there's more that we can do on that front. And so there's a number of features and functions that will be coming that will increase the, uh, a, a new person's initial experience onboarding of net data, whether you have one server, hundreds of servers or thousands of servers. So that's one area of focus. Second layer or second, second pillar uh, and this really was the number one area of user feedback for us has to do with call it what you will, headless monitoring, uh, exception based monitoring. But it goes back to the, the statement I made earlier about people not being so interested in looking at a screen all the time and charts all the time. Um, and this this basically boils down to alert functionality that you'll yeah. find in, in most types of monitoring solutions. So, again, I mentioned that we have them today. They're. Um, you know, they're configurable, they're user definable, they work, that's fine. But now we're focused on eliminating the clutter when it comes to receiving too many notifications. We're concerned with up-leveling the information into not dashboards, but what we're calling smart boards. Mm-hmm. Um, this means that we're trying to provide more intelligence, communicate more, especially again to that person that is maybe not as experienced in monitoring and being able to, to even in a more uh, quick manner, move people through those four questions and through the alert mechanisms and things like that. And these new smart boards, that's a really good way to do that and get yeah. them to where they need yeah. to be in a very, very uh, quick sense. And then yeah. lastly, we're moving from being a monitoring solution, which has its own definition, to a more observability-based solution that, again, it, it does questions one and two very well. Do I have a problem? Where's the problem? But now we're beginning to look at how we can better answer who or what is causing the problem and then go on to the even more difficult what do I do about the problem? Mm-hmm. And that takes a whole new level of intelligence built in so that you're being able to educate the user in terms of what they're seeing, help them understand why it's important, why the things that are being flagged to them are critical and, and the implications that they have. And then where possible, being able to provide them with guidance in terms of what to do about the problem and then perhaps links to further education or something like that. So you're going to be seeing announcements from us in, in those three areas, those three those three pillars of our, our 2021 roadmap. Cool. So if anyone is interested in finding out more, it's uh, netdata.cloud. I mean, you can it get is. The, the open source version and play around with your heart's content. Um, and it's C, so I guess is pretty efficient. And then as you also mentioned, the uh, uh, netdata.cloud is free to sign up. I mean, there must be some kind of restrictions on that free tier, I'm guessing. No, sir. 
Um, that's again, something that the company is pretty proud of. So we do not restrict based on number of servers, um, data storage, uh, any typical limitation that you might uh, find in free offerings, crippleware, whatever you want to refer to it. They do not apply to us. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like, uh, an interesting problem to to worry about in the future. We'll, we'll uh, maybe we'll talk yeah. in a year's time and see how you handle that. But <laughs> I, I'd love that. That'd be great. <laughs> cool. And if anyone is interested in, is there anything that you do outside of NetData.cloud, or you're particularly frequent Twitter or blogger that you want to tell people about, or just? Uh, you know, I am I am not a huge social media guy, so you can definitely find blog, blog posts for me on the NetData website and what have you. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a current NetData user, I'm very easy to to reach. I'm just Robin R O B I N at NetData.cloud. Feel free to ping me with any questions you got, any product uh, ideas. I'm very open. Nice. All right. Thank you then. Thank you so much for your time. And I wish you all the best of luck with, uh, with the roadmap. It sounds quite ambitious. So, All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you again for having me. 